Now, cricket is not a seasonal sport like some of the others are. But this feels like a new season on Stump Mike. And I'm Karthikar speaking to you after the first day's play of the first test between England and India. And it turned out to be an extremely entertaining day. One that the Indians will feel after which they are on top. With me today on Stump Mike, Andrew Miller. Miller, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, uh, that was rather rather a fun day. It uh, uh, makes a change to, to watch uh, bat- wickets fall and tumble after watching the 100. So yeah, bring it on. Bring it on indeed. And along with Miller on the pod today is Gaurav Sundaram. And Gaurav, welcome. Hi, good to be back, Karthik, after the while. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has been a while. And I think now this is going to be a continuous stretch of general site work for all of us and Stump Mike as well with, with fighters happening now. We'll, of course, cover a bit of Bangladesh versus Australia as well, the series that is going on. We'll get Mohamed Assam on the pod as well. And then, of course, following which will be the IPL and then the T20 World Cup. Okay, Miller, I'm going to start with you. What happened in that final session? Or can I ask what happened in the ball before the final session ended when Besto got out leading up to the final session? Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was looking... Oddly comfortable for England. I say oddly because I mean there's no there's no getting away from the ridiculous build up that they've had to this this series. I mean, uh, you know, Johnny Bairstow, I, as far as I'm concerned, epitomises everything that England are doing wrong with their schedule at the moment. Here is probably the best white ball player that England have got. Therefore, probably you know, right up there as the best white ball batsman in the world right this minute. And he's drawn out of this this brand new tournament that England have set up to try and. Uh, you know, reinvent the wheel for themselves. Taken out a Welsh Fires team, thrown back into a format in which he scored six ducks in five tests against India, and um, expecting just to just to forget everything that he's done right in white ball cricket and go back to all that he's done wrong in red ball cricket and get it right. And to be fair, in the circumstances, I thought his twenty nine was a triumph. I really did not expect him to do that well. And so when he got out on the stroke of tea, it was like, ah, oh, that's a shame. But he's probably done as much as. We could have expected in the circumstances. And as usual, as has been the case for England for far too long, everything rests on Joe Root and uh, everything crumbled with Joe Root. I mean, that, that that's just the way England roll at the moment. There's there's no there's no sugar in the pill. Uh, they aren't a very good test team. They aren't a very um, good test caring board at the moment. Um, you know, they, they claim to hold it dear. It's certainly, it's certainly worth a lot of money to them, um, but they're not really coming up with goods at the moment. All right, so England won the toss. They elected to bat first and they were bowled out for 183. They lost their last seven wickets, got up for what was it, 45 runs. India finished the day at 21 without loss with Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul batting out 13 overs. Got up, I have to say though, but it, it's not that much of a surprise to see India bowl this England side out. Sorry, my dog's being a t- <laughs> Right, dogs, piss off. We're going to have to beep that out yes. or we're probably going to have to delete it because you're going to get a lot of hate for saying that about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right, there we go. Right, I'm going to lock the door and they can go and yap elsewhere. Right, there we go. Right, so where were we? Sorry. This was one of the rare uh, overseas tours where I think a lot of people, pundits and even a group of, uh, of uh, cricket aficionados of my uh, friends, all of us felt that India were favourites going into this series. Uh, I think a lot of us gave uh, India uh, a lot lot more chances than previous overseas tours. And the fact, one of the main reasons is because of this Indian bowling attack. They've been relentless and they were really good even in the World Test Championship. Uh, so... 
what like you rightly said yes this was expected but 183 after winning the toss is something you uh, i don't think england would have expected the at 135 odd i think at t uh, you would think 250 300 is generally a very good first inning score in england considering that the duke's ball and there's always something for the bowlers so i thought 250 to 300 would be a pretty a good competitive first inning score but 180 is a bit too less and uh, collapse in england uh, i think it, these are uh, synonymous nowadays uh, i'm sure miller will agree it happened against new zealand as well um, england just not able to uh, uh, capitalize and uh, get those big scores uh, up front so um, but full credit to indian bowlers they are they they hunt like a pack and you saw what siraj and shardul did right uh, ishant and ashwin were your first choice bowlers both of them didn't play you had shardul and uh, siraj and shardul uh, i think he's got steve smith now and now he's uh, has he got uh, uh, joe root as well so uh, pretty impressive performance by uh, all the bowlers and uh, big big credit to uh, jaspreet bumrah he's worked on his bowling after the world uh, test championship final and he bowled and came back with a bang so um, yes i expect much much more from uh, this indian bowling attack in the next um, nine innings your mention about the duke's ball reminds me of a line from ball by ball coms from kartik mishraswami he said that the duke's ball will keep doing something even when it's older on on the surface and it turned and it turned out to be true kartik's partner in crime today on ball by ball duties was andrew miller and i felt miller had the best line on comms when he said never overestimate england's ability to convert a half decent start <laughs> it turned out to be so true because i remember at one point you were like england could get bowled out for 280 and that seemed like too less they ended up 100 shot. Yeah, I I actually edited myself. I'd written 240 initially. I thought, "No, nah, I'm I'm being, I'm being too cynical. I've got, I've got to try and try and try and uh, shed my disillusion with this team." But I mean, you know, there, there's no getting away from the fact that India bowled magnificently. But but at the same time, that's not a surprise. India are a magnificent team. India have got the best bowling attack for overseas conditions ever ever produced. And so, if England cannot rouse themselves or the ECB rather, because you know you can't fault the players in the circumstances. They are doing their best. But if the ECB cannot rouse themselves, at least to you know find a window for a practice match for their team to try and get their heads around facing a Duke's ball. You know Anderson and Broad are pretty handy at bowling with it too. You know sure they could have they could have had some inter squad opportunity to 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 get this going. But no, they were all playing for the hundred. All, all these all these guys had their two games for the hundred before being dragged off four days before the start of the series to join their camp. up at Trent Bridge um it's just not enough to be be ready for a team this good especially a team that's been over here since since what June and had an incredibly competitive series in the world, world test championship final um you know that is that's the best grounding they could possibly get england had good grounding as well to be fair because they played against an excellent new zealand side but they also got thumped by them so you know they didn't they didn't learn enough from that because their batting failed then and their batting has failed now and their batting hasn't batted in red ball cricket since then um so nothing that happened today surprises me um but at the same time you it, it, it would be snide and snurgy not to, not to point out that that you know as as you mentioned shammy in particular bumrah at the end that into a yorker or pair of them in fact uh, to yeah. James Anders were wasted on him frankly i mean again on, <laughs> on commentary i compared it to mitchell stark to to uh, um ben stokes in the world cup It was as unplayable as as that that. Even, even Jimmy was impressed, and it takes a lot to impress Anderson. 
quite right. I mean, it, as well as well he might be. I mean, the way that they all got that ball to talk all the way through the sixty-five ball, sixty-five overs of its life um, was, you know, England will have to take that as encouragement, frankly, because you know they they are skillful. But when it came to their own turn to bowl. I just don't think England were at the races. They, they are, they're often like this, actually. They're, the first spell from Anderson Broad, they're often a little bit reticent of pitching the ball up and going for the magic balls. They always drag their length back, try not to get driven, try to sort of build pressure with dots. But you can't build pressure when there's a 183 on the board. Uh, they had to go a little bit more for the jugular. And I, and I, and I felt, you know, they, they were... Let, let India off the hook a little bit. Um, Rohit Sharma and Kale Rahul didn't have to play a shot in anger. And therefore, they didn't. They, they they just hung around to the close very, very comfortably. So, fair play to them. Yesterday, Gaurav, there was an expectation, at least, that Virat Kohli would name India's 11 or 12. He didn't. He said that we have to wait until the toss. And at the toss, there were a few surprises. Arashwan was not in the 11. Ishan Sharma was not in the 11. And I don't know if I... I want to be in this echo chamber where I'm like, there is no reason why... Ashwin should not be playing every single test that he is fit for. I, I, I it, Honestly, the end result still doesn't matter. I know England have been bowled out for 183, but I, I can't see why he's not in that 11. Imagine if he'd announced this 11 yesterday. You think the the media, you think we would have recorded a separate one-hour show on that? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. So, I, I guess uh, it's some learnings from the World Test Championship uh, final. Uh, when the pitches are not going to aid so much turn, do you really need two spinners? Uh, we don't know. Shardul has already done his job by picking up Joe Root's wicket. And uh, if you're not going to bowl enough overs uh, for the, uh, that, if you have two spinners and you don't use them in their primary skill too much, you'd rather go for someone uh, who might be more used. And that's why they went for Shardul Thakur. He can bat as well. Uh, obviously, uh, it's not easy to make a decision to drop a player who's taken more than 400 wickets. But when you look at the combinations, when you look at the conditions, I think it's a very tough call, very, very tough call, but a bold one and a, and maybe the right one in hindsight, considering the fact that uh, there's hardly any assistance for spin. And we don't even know how many overs spin is going to uh, actually, uh, how many overs they're going to bowl spin. Right. Uh, should, so, should, should we read? Too much into it, or just just assume that he'll probably come back for Old Trafford or wherever the, the test that support more spinner. Well, he'll definitely come back wherever they feel that uh, there's a necessity for uh, a spinner to uh, uh, maybe uh, will have a much more bigger effect. And remember, uh, Bharat Arun had mentioned uh, uh, way before, I think in uh, just before the World Test Championship final, that they will be rotating a lot of their players uh, to keep them fresh and keep them uh, in a good state of mind. So. I'm I'm fairly sure that a lot of these guys will get to play. Ishant will play, Ashwin will play, and uh, their first goal would be to start winning uh, test matches. Maybe uh, once they get a couple of wins on board, uh, I'm sure they'll start uh, uh, giving uh, rotating. But Ashwin is uh, will definitely come back uh, when the conditions are slightly better. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt Ashwin will be back. I mean, the, 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 he is too good a bowler, especially against England, not to play. Um, I mean, the, the interesting thing, obviously, is, as you mentioned, it, 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 the rotation and a five-test series. It, it, it's smart, frankly, not, not, to, not, to, not to throw everything you've got into the first test in the current circumstances. I mean, thinking back to what happened in the World Test Championship final, uh, I mean, Mike Atherton on, on Sky Commentary said that India were a bit spooked by, by what happened. But at the same time, for a one-off game like that, the, they, they named their team two days in advance, and it was their best, it was their best test 11. There's absolutely no question about it. 
these are the best players that we have got who've got us to a final. You play your best team in a final. And as it happens, you know, Jadeja barely barely bowled. And Ashwin, I think, got two wickets, two pretty cheap wickets in both innings. So even in conditions that didn't suit him, he was a he was a he was a threat on the rare occasions that he was throwing the ball. So absolutely no doubt he'll be back. I I I, I thought, you know, I'm not um, I'm not an expert on India, but I I didn't imagine they would play two spinners, and I would assume I assumed it would be Ashwin over Jadeja. Um, I, I'm sure there are there are there are matchup reasons and all sorts of things that I, I think you're talking about that from more more of a point of being a ball by ball commentator that you just don't want to type out when well I really don't well, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> God yeah. yes but but ha- having said that you make an interesting point there because there is always that nagging feeling and it doesn't take long Miller to bring that out when Besto and Root were going we we as, as Indian fans were wondering where, where is Ashwin if Ashwin was here he would have probably come and got one or two of them out yes certainly would I mean you know he, he's he's got England. He's got England where they want them, frankly. After after what happened this winter, you know, one nil up and looking fairly fairly settled after two two comfortable wins in Sri Lanka, and then you run into well, Axel Patel in the first instance, but Ashwin was there and there and there and there and just never relented. Um, yeah, I, I have no doubt that had he played, he would have been in the mix, even if it had only been what Jadeja bowled three overs. <laughs> I'm sure he'd have, sure he'd have caused some bother in those three overs if that's all he bowled. Yeah, Gaurav, I'm going to go with the assumption that you have no issues with uh, Siraj over Ishan Sharma. Having said that, a word on Jaspreet Bumrah as well, because I remember just after the World Test Championship final, he he came in for quite a bit of criticism. He wasn't in the best of form. I think today Bumrah showed why he is one of the best bowlers across formats in the world. Yeah, uh, I did read somewhere that he has worked with Bharat Tarun uh, on his uh, position of his wrist, and I'm sure he's worked on some technical aspect. But yeah, Bumrah is a class act. Uh, we have very, very high expectations. The fact that it was a World Test Championship final and your best bowler didn't deliver, maybe that uh, kind of uh, got uh, our emotions going. But I think Bumrah is a class act. Shami as well, you know, both of them. Shami was very unlucky, but almost every ball seemed like he was getting a wicket. And that's exactly how they bowl even in the World Test Championship final. It was their batting that let them down, to be very honest. Sometimes you may not get the wickets, but uh, it was always their batting which was a problem and not the bowling. So, uh, Bumra, Shami, and obviously, uh, if Ishan was there, he would have done exactly the same thing what Siraj or Shardul did. So, India's bowling in the two in conditions which are favourable, they managed to get extract so many things when conditions were not favorable as well in Australia sometimes um, uh, whereas uh, so when conditions are favorable Duke ball and the fact that they've all well settled down they're mentally very fresh so many aspects have gone in India's favor and they've used it uh, and they've uh, used that to the best of their ability so uh, no surprises there and I'm um, uh, like I said earlier uh, I think we've not even seen the best yet so uh, England are in for some big challenge and uh, I just wanted to ask something uh, to Miller. Miller has been blaming the 100 quite a bit about lack of practice but Miller, the fact that England have never been very dominant at home, if you see they lose more at home uh, than a lot of other teams uh, lose at home, right? So they've generally had these collapses, they've uh, they've struggled quite a lot at home, they've lost to West Indies, they've lost uh, to Pakistan, they've lost to New Zealand uh, it's not just a problem this year, right? So the England have been pretty bad in Test match cricket for quite some time now. You're right. It, it, you're, you're absolutely right. It's very easily forgotten that England are pretty terrible at Test cricket because they they usually win enough on home in home conditions to disguise the fact that they've managed to lose. But if you compare it to, as you're, you're quite right, if you compare it to Australia's home record or India's home record in particular, 
it, it's not not even a patch on it. They 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 consistently lose at least one test a summer. I I did I did jot, tot it up a few years ago, and I've forgotten quite how many years it's been since I totted up. But I think going back at least until two thousand five, they'd managed to lose at least one test a summer, which was which was um quite quite something for a team that you know has had in James Anderson in particular their their greatest bowler ever. Uh, in Joe Root more recently, in Alistair Cook and people like that who have just been able to dominate situations for England. Yeah, they 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 have been have had a habit and of that. And I guess in between, England probably had one of their greatest sides ever as well when when they were winning left, right, and centre. But yeah, they, absolutely. They, but, they do but, lose. Yeah. But fundamentally, though, fundamentally, I think it, it is it is down to the fact that in England the ball does talk, and therefore, if you find a bowler who can make that ball talk, whoever he is. You're, you're going to be in a match-winning situation. There aren't many draws in England. I think Joe Root managed. Joe Root is on the verge, I think, of becoming England's most successful winningest captain. But he's also on the verge of being their losingest captain. And he's 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 drawn about two tests in his entire career. So yeah, it, it's been a theme for England for a long time. If they lose, start to lose a game, they tend to lose it heavily. If they start to win the game, they tend to win it heavily. There's not an awful lot in between anymore. But I'll tell you what, as as a neutral observer, I. I love watching cricket in England simply because of that reason. I know there's going to be a result. And quite often the home side does not come out on top or they do at the end, but it's it's a pretty close game. We saw it in series versus Pakistan. We saw it in the previous India series as well, despite the final result. We saw it versus the West Indies as well, Miller. So as as a product, it it's it still works in, in England. It certainly does. Um I mean I, I have got no issue with with the fact that Test cricket is still still a magnificent form of the game. I just have an issue with the fact that the ECB, I think, are, are starting to panic about, about their long-term future of Test cricket. They worry that, I mean, everyone worries, frankly, that it, it is essentially England, India and Australia playing five-test series at, in, in, at Infinitum. That's not sustainable when, when you've got other teams like, like, you know, Sri Lanka were over here for an ODI series, but Sri Lanka are in a, are in a sorry state at the moment. So many teams are in a sorry state. England have gone to the 100 to try and, guard their future revenue by creating their own sort of mini IPL that, that will ensure that they have a, a portion of the season that is theirs, regardless of pandemics and regardless of failing teams coming over who, who don't draw people through the crowds. It, it, in theory, it's, it's, a, it's a good safeguarding. But in practice, they should have done it 20 years ago when they first thought of uh, the T20 cricket. And in doing it now, uh, they are probably as guilty of undermining test cricket as any nation has ever been, frankly. Uh, to, to, to go into a five-test series against India, of all teams in the world, I mean, the, the Ashes is England's obsession, but India, frankly, frankly, ought to be the priority, given given everything that we know about the revenues and, and, and the interest and all the rest of it. To go into a, a series like this without any preparation at all is, is a dereliction of duty, frankly, and um, they're getting what they deserve on this first day. I may be eating my words by the end of this test, but given what I've already said about England's habits of losing from losing positions, I strongly doubt it. I think they're going to get thumped here. Mm, all right. So considering we've had that, let's have your quick predictions. Then you're saying England are going to get thumped. But let's see what happens on day two. As it stands, India are 21 without loss. Gaurav, what do you think is going to come about tomorrow? I do expect... See, bowling is always going to be uh, the strongest suit here. So, I expect a lot of wickets, uh, definitely. But 183 is a bit too uh, uh, less for my liking. 
for a competitive game. I think 250 would have been a good score. India would have had to struggle to score 300. You can't score at 4-5 runs and over here. Uh, people generally score at 2-2.5 runs over uh, in England. And that's because of the quality of bowling attacks of both teams and uh, the uh, batting being the weaker suit. So, I expect... Uh, India to not just steamroll England, but I think they will go uh, get a lead of about 120, 130 score, around 330, maybe uh, be dismissed all out for 330 and then, um, uh, yeah, and then we'll take it from there. That's my prediction. Yeah, Miller, you've already said that England are going to get thumped and they may, well might, but speaking just about tomorrow, who, which is that one bowler or two bowlers that, that need to really stand up and stamp their authority at Trent Bridge? Well, I mean, you mentioned the word Trent Bridge, and you automatically think of Stuart Broad, eight yeah. fifteen. But, uh, but I mean, James Anderson loves Trent Bridge as well. Uh, the trouble is, I mean, I, I, what I'll what I'll say, I'll pick up where where Gorov left off there. I I kind of agree. I think three thirty is probably about right. But already that's a lead of of, of two hundred, and I reckon, given given what we've already seen with the with the with the formidable threat posed by those four seamers, plus the fact Jadejas hasn't hasn't even come to the game yet. There's going to be five bowlers who are going to be threatening in the second innings. I think 200, 200 will be plenty. I, I don't see where, beyond Joe Root, I don't see where consistent runs are going to come from with this team. Uh, and again, I I would love to see Johnny Bairstow stand up in the way that we know he can. Back in 2016, he was one of the best test, test batsmen in the world. But he's a different player now. He's a white ball batsman. And it's a very, very different technique he's got. And he's having to fight himself to not lean into those massive booming drives that get him so many runs in white ball cricket and, and show discipline. And in doing so, he's, he's opening himself up to other modes of dismissal through reticence. And, and essentially, that's what happened. He was pinned on, pinned on the pad, trapped on the crease, caught in two minds. That's going to happen all the way up and down this batting card because they haven't got enough opportunities to practice against red ball in, in disciplined scenarios. Um, I, don't, I don't see a way out. It feels like checkmate. Um, but there's always there's always the next test. Mila, I'm getting slightly distracted here because on I think on the screens behind me they're showing the highlights of the day and they're showing the reviews of India and the animated chat between Kohli and Rishabh Pant. There's a sitcom there. <laughs> well, I, I I was on Bobo Ball at the time. I was completely taken in by by Kohli's mm. reaction. He was he was wincing and I thought, oh, they've already, <laughs> they've already seen it. It's, it's missed the missed the inside edge and Lerbo, there it was. But I mean, fair play to Rishabh Pant. He, he he was absolutely adamant. And uh, I mean, you know, as one of the feedbackers put on, on comms, I mean that that shows a maturity to Pant's game. He reckoned it can, you know, captain Delhi Capitals and being a senior player, he's 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 got the he's got enough chirp. He's always had the chirp, obviously, but he's got he's got enough got enough got enough about him to go up to Virat Kohli of all people and say, no, Skipper, you're wrong. We need to review this. And Kohli listens to him. I mean, that that's a sign of of, of a team that's that's working well, in in my opinion. So enough about day one of this first test. But before I let the two of y'all go, I wanted to have a quick chat about just taking a step back. Because Gaurav, and I'll start with you. I I honestly felt, and we spoke about this before we started recording, that this series in England versus India, it should be huge, right? It should be big. But it has had no real build to speak of. I do not know if I've been as excited about this as I have been for some previous ones. Maybe that's to do with the amount of cricket that's happening with new formats like 100 coming up. The, the Olympics is also going on at the same time, which is which is taking a lot of uh, TV viewing time here in India. And it's, it's, been, it's been pretty excellent so far. Are you feeling the same way? 
Yeah, I think uh, you're not alone. I think uh, you're spot on with that. The build-up has definitely been a lot uh, lesser than what it usually is uh, for a marquee series. And one thing could be the long gap uh, since both teams have really played. Uh, there was the 100, there were Euros, there's an Olympics. Uh, yeah, you are right. So, uh, And India, India actually played an ODI in T20 series against Sri Lanka. And uh, it was not the uh, mainstream team anyway. So I think a lot of factors have uh, uh, resulted in that. And suddenly, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the test match has started. And I guess people just recovered from the World Test Championship uh, final. And they know that it's going to be another two years since uh, the next final is going to be there. So uh, an IPL T20 World Cup coming up. I think the season is around the shorter formats. This weekend, I was covering double-double headers of the 100. So first game starts at 11am UK time. Two more games start at 2.30. Another game starts at 6.30. Then you do it all over again the following day. That's been my life this 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 past month. It's been fascinating. I've enjoyed getting stuck into the 100. But I've had absolutely no time to look up and see what's going on in the rest of the world, let alone prepare for a test series. I feel exactly the same way as England's batsmen do today. I have had absolutely no preparation, no opportunity to get my head around the new format, no chance to prep myself and remind myself who, who England are actually playing. You know, I, I feel as underprepared going into the series as, as I've ever felt. And I'm all I'm doing is, is talking about it. I dread to think what it must be like to actually play it. Yeah, but, but we hope by doing ball by ball comms and coming on this podcast, Miller, it's going to pump you up for the rest of the Test Series. Absolutely. I couldn't, wait. Yeah. I couldn't, I can't wait. Bring it on. I'm, I, I, <laughs> my, 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 my fires are lit and my, my appetite is whetted and all the rest of it. Excellent. That, that, that's lovely to hear. Andrew Miller, God of Sundaram, and thank you so much for joining us on Stump Mike. We'll probably come back to you tomorrow and the day after, and the day after that. 